chapter ten part two of a common story by ivan goncharov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter ten part two alexander turned round two paces from them stood an old man and on his arm a tall pretty young girl with her head uncovered and a sunshade in her hands her brows were slightly knitted she was bending a little forward and following every movement of kostyakov with great interest she had not even noticed alexander this unexpected apparition rather disturbed adouev he let the rod slip out of his hands the pike went flop into the water gracefully shook its tail and was off into the depths drawing the line after it all this took place in a second alexander fedoritch what are you doing kostyakov shouted like a madman beginning to seize the line he kept hold of it but drew out only the end without the hook and without the pike quite pale he turned to alexander showed him the end of the line and looked furiously at him for a minute without speaking then he spat on the ground i will never go fishing with you again i'll be damned if i do he ejaculated and turned away to his own hooks meanwhile the young girl had noticed that alexander was looking at her she blushed and was slipping away the old man apparently her father bowed to adouev adouev responded sullenly to his salutation threw down the hooks and sat down some ten paces away on a bench under a tree even here there is no peace he thought here is some oedipus with an antigone woman again there's no escaping them anywhere good heavens what heaps of them there are everywhere call yourself an angler said kostyakov meanwhile setting his hooks in order and looking angrily at alexander from time to time how are you going to catch fish you'd better catch mice sitting at home on your sofa but come to really catching fish how are you going to catch it now it's slipped out of your hands it was almost in your mouth all but cooked it's a wonder your fish don't slip off your plate you get many bites asked the old man well you see here answered kostyakov here on my six hooks scarcely a wretched gremel has bitten in mockery but there meanwhile with his one ordinary line a pike of ten pounds or so and then he let it slip well they say the game runs to meet the sportsman but it's not so if it had broken away from me i should have caught it in the water but there's the pike hiding in the stream while we're asleep and call himself an angler what sort of angler's that are anglers generally like that no a real angler would have fallen on it like a cannon-ball he would have stopped to look at it and that an angler you'll never catch fish the young girl meanwhile had time to observe that alexander was altogether a different kind of person from kostyakov alexander's dress was not like kostyakov's nor his figure nor his age nor his manners nor anything she quickly noticed signs of education in him she read thoughtfulness in his face even the shade of melancholy did not escape her but why has he run away she thought it's a strange thing i didn't think i was the sort of person to run away from she drew herself up haughtily and dropped her eyelids then raising them she gazed with no friendly expression at alexander already she was offended she drew her father away and haughtily came near adouev the old man again greeted alexander but the daughter did not vouchsafe him even a glance let him understand that people aren't paying the least attention to him she thought 
with a sidelong glance to see whether adouev was looking though alexander was not looking at her he involuntarily assumed a rather more becoming attitude why he isn't even looking thought the young girl what impertinence the next day kostyakov took alexander fishing again and in that way incurred damnation through his own curse for two days nothing disturbed their solitude alexander had at first looked about him almost with apprehension but seeing no one he grew easy again the second day he pulled up a huge perch kostyakov was half reconciled to him but still it's not the pike he said with a sigh you had luck in your hands and did not know how to profit by it that won't happen twice and again i have nothing six hooks set and nothing but why don't you ring the bells said a peasant who had stopped as he passed to look how the fishing progressed perhaps the fish will think it's time to go to church kostyakov looked angrily at him hold your tongue you ignorant man he said you bore the peasant walked away blockhead kostyakov called after him a brute yes a brute he is he'd have his joke with me damn him a brute i tell you a boor it's a serious matter to provoke a sportsman at the moment of failure the third day while they were fishing in silence their eyes bent fixedly on the water a noise was heard behind them alexander turned round and started as if a mosquito had stung him the old man and the young girl were there adouev bending sideways towards them made only the slightest response to the old man's greetings but he seemed to have been expecting this meeting as a rule he went fishing in a very slovenly attire but this time he had put on a new greatcoat and had tied a blue cravat smartly round his throat he had arranged his hair and even seemed to be posing a little as the idyllic angler after remaining only as long as politeness required he went away and sat down under the tree this requires full permission thought antigone growing hot with anger i beg your pardon said oedipus to alexander we have disturbed you perhaps no answered adouev i am tired have you had any bites the old man inquired of kostyakov what bites can one expect when people shout close by replied the latter wrathfully some damned fool came up and went bawling close at hand and not a bite since then you live near these parts i suppose he inquired of oedipus over there is our country house with the balcony he replied you pay a big rent i dare say five hundred roubles a year it looks a good house well arranged and a lot of buildings in the court thirty thousand i dare say it cost the owner to build yes nearly that ah and is that your daughter yes she's my daughter ah a fine young lady you are out for a walk yes we are taking a walk if one lives in the country one must take walks to be sure to be sure why not indeed it's the best time for walking not at all like last week what weather it was oh oh god preserve us it's done for the winter corn i expect it will get over it please god god grant it may so you have caught nothing so far i've nothing but pray look what he has he showed the perch i assure you he went on it's singular how lucky he is it's a pity he doesn't give his mind to it with his luck i should never have gone away empty-handed to let such a pike slip he sighed antigone had begun to listen more eagerly but kostyakov said no more the visits of the old man and his daughter were repeated more and more frequently even adouev deigned to pay them some attention he sometimes exchanged a word or two with the old man and never a word with the daughter 
at first she was piqued then offended at last depressed by it had adouev talked a little to her or even paid her ordinary attention she would have forgotten him but now it was quite otherwise the human heart seems to live on contradictions antigone constantly deliberated on some awful plan of vengeance but later on she gradually gave it up one day when the old man and his daughter had drawn near our friends alexander after a brief interval had laid his rod on the bushes and gone according to his habit to sit in his usual place and was mechanically gazing now at the father now at the daughter they stood with profile turned to him in the father he did not discover anything out of the ordinary a white blouse nankeen trousers and a low wide-brimmed hat trimmed with green plush but the daughter now how gracefully she hung on her father's arm the wind would now and then lift a curl from her face as though on purpose to show alexander her lovely profile and white neck and then raise her silk mantle and give a glimpse of her slender figure or would playfully stir her dress and reveal a tiny ankle she was gazing dreamily at the water for a long while alexander could not take his eyes off her and he felt a feverish shiver run through him he turned away from temptation and began to knock off the heads of the flowers with a switch ah i know what it means he thought let it have its way and it would pass off there's love ready-made imbecility my uncle is right but mere animal instinct shall not carry me away no i am not fallen so low as that can i fish a little the young girl asked kostyakov timidly oh yes miss why not he replied giving her adouev's rod there now you have a partner in the business said her father to kostyakov and leaving his daughter he began to wander off further along the bank liza mind you catch some fish for supper he added the silence lasted a few minutes why is your partner so cross liza inquired of kostyakov in a low voice he's been passed over for the third time in his office miss what she asked slightly frowning it's the third time they haven't promoted him she shook her head no it can't be she thought that's not it don't you believe me miss on my oath that pike too you remember he let slip through it it's not so not so she thought now with conviction i know why he let the pike go ah ah she cried suddenly look it's stirring it's stirring she pulled it out and had caught nothing it has got away said kostyakov looking at the hook see how it has torn off the worm it must have been a big pike but you haven't learnt the art miss you didn't let him bite properly why is there an art to learn in that yes as in everything said alexander mechanically she started and quickly turned round in her turn letting the rod slip into the water but alexander was now looking in a different direction how is one to arrive at learning it she said with a slight tremor in her voice by practising oftener replied alexander oh is that it she thought with a flutter of delight that means i am to come here oftener i understand very well i will come but i shall pay you out sir misanthrope for all your impertinence this was how the spirit of coquetry interpreted alexander's reply to her but on that day he said nothing more she's fancying god knows what all i dare say he said to himself she is going to put on airs and flirt how imbecile from that day the visits of the old man and the young girl were repeated every day sometimes liza came with her nurse without the old man she brought work and books with her and sat down under a tree with an appearance of complete unconsciousness of alexander's existence 
she thought in this way to pique his vanity and as she expressed it to pay him out she talked aloud to her nurse about her home and household affairs to show that she did not even see adouev and he sometimes actually did not see her and when he saw her bowed coolly without a word seeing that this ordinary method availed her nothing she changed her plan of attack and on two occasions volunteered a remark herself sometimes she took a rod from him alexander by degrees became more talkative with her but was thoroughly on his guard and did not give vent to any kind of sincere outburst whether through prudence on his part or that his old wounds were still not healed as he expressed it he was rather chilly even in conversation with her one day the old man had a samovar sent down to the river-bank liza poured out tea alexander at once refused any tea saying that he did not drink it in the evening all this tea-drinking leads up to acquaintance with them intimacy no thank you he thought what's the matter with you why yesterday you drank four glasses said kostyakov i never drink out of doors alexander added hastily what a mistake said kostyakov most capital tea prime cost fifteen roubles i should say if you please a little more miss and how good it would be with rum rum too was brought the old man invited alexander to go and see him but he flatly declined liza bit her lip when she heard his refusal she began to try to discover from him the reason of his unsociability however artfully she turned the conversation to this topic alexander still more artfully got out of it this mystery only excited curiosity and possibly some other emotion in liza her face hitherto as clear as a summer sky began to wear an expression of anxiety and thoughtfulness she often turned a melancholy glance on alexander removed her eyes from him with a sigh and bent them on the ground and seemed to be thinking to herself you are unhappy perhaps deceived oh how well i should have known how to make you happy how i would have cherished you and loved you i would have guarded you from fate itself and so on this is how most women think and most of them deceive those who trust in the siren's song alexander apparently noticed nothing he talked to her as he would have talked to a friend or to his uncle without a shade of that tenderness which involuntarily enters into the friendship of a man and a woman and makes these relations unlike friendship this is why it is said that friendship between a man and woman is impossible because what is called friendship between them is either the beginning or the end of love or else indeed is love itself but seeing adouev's attitude to liza one might almost believe that such a friendship did exist once only he partly revealed or wanted to reveal his way of thinking to her he took up from the bench the book she had brought with her and turned over the pages it was child harold in the french translation alexander shook his head sighed and put the book down without speaking don't you like byron have you an antipathy to byron she said byron was such a great poet and you don't like him i have said nothing and you attack me he replied why did you shake your head oh i'm sorry that book has fallen into your hands who were you sorry for the book or me alexander did not answer why should i not read byron she asked for two reasons said alexander after a short pause he laid his hand on hers to emphasize his words perhaps or perhaps because her little hand was very white and soft and he began to speak in soft and measured tones fixing his eyes first on liza's curls then on her neck then on her waist 
as he progressed through these stages his voice gradually rose in the first place he said because you are reading byron in french and consequently the beauty and force of the poet's language is lost for you only see how pale and colourless and poor the language is in this this is the mere ashes of a great poet his ideas seem to have been melted into a solution in the second place i should not have advised you to read byron at all because he will perhaps stir chords in your heart which might else have been forever silent here he squeezed her hand warmly and expressively as though he wished to add weight to his words why should you read byron he went on it may be that your life is flowing as smoothly as this stream you see how small how tiny it is it does not reflect the whole sky nor clouds on its surface there are no rocks or steep places on its banks it trickles playfully scarcely does the slightest ripple stir its surface it reflects only the green of its banks patches of sky and tiny cloudlets so no doubt your life might run its course but you are bringing on yourself storms and agitations for no object you want to look at life and man through a gloomy medium give it up don't read it look on everything with a smiling face don't gaze into the distance live day by day don't dwell on the dark sides of life and men or else else what nothing said alexander as though recollecting himself no tell me you have no doubt had an experience of some kind where is my rod excuse me it's time i took it he seemed disturbed at having spoken out so unguardedly no one word more said liza of course a poet must arouse one's interest byron was a great poet why don't you want me to be interested in him am i so stupid so frivolous that i can't understand she was wounded not that at all take an interest in what is fitting for your womanly heart seek what is in harmony with it or perhaps there may be a fearful discordance between head and heart at this point he shook his head to suggest that he himself was a victim of this discordance one will show you he said the flower and teach you to enjoy its beauty and its sweet perfume but another will only present to you the poisonous sap in its calyx then beauty and fragrance too will be all over for you he will make you grieve that the sap is there and you will forget that there is fragrance there too there is a difference between these two kinds of men and between one's interest in them don't seek the poison don't try to trace to its origin everything that happens to us and about us don't seek needless experience it is not that that leads to happiness she paused she was listening to him with dreamy attention speak speak she said with childlike submissiveness i am ready to listen to you for whole days to obey you in everything me said alexander coldly excuse me what right have i to dictate to your wishes i beg your pardon for having allowed myself to make a remark on them read what you like child harold is a very fine work byron is a great poet no don't dissemble don't speak so tell me what am i to read end of chapter ten part two Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.